The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Yes, my name is Dan. It is really good to be with you guys today. Um, I love Life Centre. It's a great church. I uh, sometimes get mixed up as the pastor of Life Centre because their names are so similar. Someone said to me the other day, oh, Dan, I'm hearing great things about your church. Another person said to me the other day, gee, that Life Centre is a great church, isn't it? And I was like, I'm sure it is. I know it is, but it's not my church. But that's okay. I come here and I, we do a bit of a swap. So Kyle comes and preaches at our church when I'm on holidays. And, and here I am getting to preach to you. And I always get given a difficult one to preach on. Where um, We're talking about mission. You guys have been talking about mission, being all in on advancing the mission of God which is hugely important. In fact, out of all the wonderful things that we can do on this earth, this is the one thing we don't get to do forever for us Christians. This is the one thing we've got a very limited time to do. Everything else we get to do forever. This is the, the one thing we've got a limited time to do. So it is very vital and very important. And if you're anything like me, really hard and really scary. We've heard already about how mission, well, what mission is, about how it's about proclaiming the gospel in, in word and deed, the good news of Jesus Christ. We've heard a little bit about the church. I think last week we shared a little bit about the church and what the church, well, what the church's part is in the mission of God. Now we're talking about your, your time, okay, your actual part, what you can actually do in the mission yourself personally. This is where it gets a bit scary because if I, if I know anything about followers of Jesus, Christians, is that we love to talk about mission. We love to learn about mission. We love to fund mission. We love to learn more and, and, and be trained about mission. The one thing we don't like to do is to do mission because <laughs> it's really difficult and you might have felt this before. That mission actually in Australia is sometimes not just difficult, it's kind of traumatic. <laughs> It's like, I don't know where to start with that. I don't know what I'd even say. I am not one of these mission evangelist type people. I had, I, in my church a few years ago, I had some young guys come up. Then they were like in year 11 in our church. And they said, Dan, we're going on mission this afternoon. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, this is fantastic. What, what are you doing? And so we're going to go to Redcliffe. And we're just going to walk around the parks and around the waterfront and knock on doors and give out Bibles and tell people about Jesus. And I said, Amazing. And I thought, horrifying. <laughs> like I, sh- I know you're not meant to admit that as a pastor, but some of you guys love that kind of thing and you've got a gift for that kind of thing. For me personally, I, I kind of really care about what people think of me and I worry about social settings and that just horrified me. But I thought to myself, I can't let some year 11s up the pastor <laughs> when it comes to mission. And so, so you're going to join us, Dan? And I said, I'll, I'll be there. I wouldn't miss it for the world. And I thought to myself, how on earth am I going to get out of this? There's got to be a way to get out of this mission thing because it just sounds terrible. And and, and friends, I I did go, okay, yes, you can applaud me if you'd like. I did go and and, and it was... I do think there's there's a time for that kind of mission. There's a time for all types of mission. But in that moment, I got to tell you, it was... It was horrifying and it was traumatic. I felt like we were just interrupting people having a nice time. Hey, hey, here's some good news. I'm sorry to interrupt your nice family time, but I've got something to tell you. And it was like, what are you doing? Why are you here? And so we ended up going. There wasn't that many people around, so we ended up going into knocking on doors. 
How do you guys feel when someone knocks on your door when you're at home? Do you feel excited to talk to this stranger at your door? You're thinking, are they going to sell me solar panels? Like, why are they here? And, and that's the experience I had. And maybe there's one person that actually did speak to me properly. I think they were high. Um, we're in not the nicest area of Redcliffe. And, and i got to tell you, it was I, I finished the whole thing. And we gave our Bibles and maybe God worked and maybe the seeds were planted and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what God does. He, he works in, in incredible, strange, mysterious ways. But i got to tell you, I finished that and I thought to myself, if that's what mission is, I'm not super interested in it. I, I don't really want to ever do that again. I actually said to my wife, I, I never want to do that again in my life. <laughs> okay. Now, does that make me a bad Christian? Does that mean I'm not bold? Does that mean I'm not courageous to share the gospel? Because people are spending, they're heading to an eternity without Jesus. And here am I, scared and worried about what people are going to think of me, boldly proclaiming the word. That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, We've just heard from Luke 10. We're going to get into the text. And we're going to actually look at what I think is a process a five-step process, I reckon, that Jesus lays out for personal mission, for actually mission that you can actually do. Not mission you hear about someone doing overseas or not mission that that, 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 that evangelist you hear about can do. You know, you know that one person that can, they can get in a taxi and they lead the taxi driver to Jesus? <laughs> or you hear a story, someone's on the plane and they sit next to someone, next thing you know, they're crying and they're praying for them, they're leading them through Romans. I'm I'm not talking to those about those people, okay? If you're one of those people, you've genuinely been given the spiritual gift of evangelism. That is incredible and it's wonderful and we need you in the church. I'm talking about ordinary people, all right, today. So if you're a gifted evangelist, you don't even have to, have to listen today, okay? You can just sit there and relax. I'm talking to ordinary people who are scared, are worried, who have some objections. I've actually got some objections here. So let's look at some of the objections up on the screen uh, of why, you know, things that you object to with mission. This is some common ones that I've heard in my time as a pastor, and I've felt myself. Aussies aren't interested in Jesus. I've never experienced it, actually work. A lot of people hear about mission, but they've never actually led anyone to Jesus themselves or had any kind of God conversation with an, with an unchurched person. And they're like, I'm not sure this works. I'm not an evangelist. It's not my role. I don't know enough about the Bible. I'm not a pastor. I'm not trained. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't be able to answer their questions. What if someone said, yeah, but why does God allow suffering? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm out. I can't talk about this. I'm not living a holy enough life here. I'm not a good witness. I'm not a good example. I'm not a great talker. I'm an introvert. All right? I don't want to talk to people. I don't even like people. I just don't think God uses me for that sort of thing. I am probably end up doing more. Someone said this to me the other day. Dan, I'd end up doing more damage than good. I'd actually turn people away from God if I tried to talk about God because I've got no idea what to say. Anyone here, just give me like a quiet little nod. Anyone here kind of relate to any of these mission objections in your life? A few quiet nods. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good because that's who I'm preaching to today. That's who I think Jesus is preaching to. That's who Jesus is modeling this to. When he sends out the 72, I don't think he went out and picked the 72 best evangelists that don't need help, got them in a room and said, let's do this. I think, I think these are 72 people that happen to be following Jesus. Okay? And they happen to be going, hey, we see what you do. We love what you do. We think you're, you've got something good to tell people. 
and, he sent, and then, then he trains them and he sends them out. And what I like about this is he actually gives them a process. He gives them steps. Someone once said to me, Dan, evangelism has to be organic. It just has to happen. And I think sometimes that's true, but I think most of the time it doesn't just happen. We need to be intentional. That's why Jesus has a very intentional process. The sending of the 72, it isn't Jesus going, hey guys, all the best. Make sure you're nice to people and hopefully God will come up. Off you go. He doesn't do that. He actually gives a very intentional process in Luke 10. And that's what we're going to look at today. And that's what I hope. I'm really praying God speaks. So can I just pray quickly now and then we'll just get into these steps real quick. So Lord, uh, we want you to speak. We want to hear from you God today no one else and we want you to change our mind about mission and and Lord we believe we have the best news in the world so God would you show us today maybe just a little the next step for us and how we can be those that have the mission of God in the hands of us ordinary people in the name of Jesus we pray amen amen okay I've got five steps, all right? I'm, I'm a Baptist pastor. Baptist pastors are only allowed three-point sermons, but I'm not in a Baptist church, so I can have five points today. I hope you're excited. I promise they'll be, they'll be brief points. Okay, number one, you have to, Jesus actually, Jesus does this. We have to invigorate our thinking on mission. We have to actually renew our mind and think differently. Jesus says to these Jewish people, like, think about this. Jewish people haven't seen God move in, like, like literally centuries. Not since Malachi have they really even heard from God. Okay. There's this big period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the intertestamental period, where there isn't much, a whole lot going on, it seems, in terms of God speaking prophetically, God revealing himself. And people are like, oh, God doesn't move. And I reckon in Australia we have the same thought. I had, I had a guy in, in my last church, he used to say to me all the time, Oh, Danny, you know, never call me Danny, by the way. He, was all, he, he got away with it, but he said, Danny, it's a dark day. It's a dry land, Australia. No one's interested in the gospel here. It's dark days, Danny. And I reckon Jesus would absolutely disagree with that. He doesn't say it's dry. He doesn't say it's no one's interested in the gospel. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There's no supply problem. It's actually fertile land. It's not dry. It's the opposite of dry. There's too much. There's, actually, there's so much harvest out there that it's actually going to waste because there's not enough laborers. We've got a labor shortage right now when it comes to fruit picking. Have you heard this? Because of the, we're not getting backpackers and migrants coming right now because of COVID. So there's, a, there's actually a labor shortage. Jesus has the same problem. Jesus is saying, I've got a labor shortage. So you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Guys, we need to rethink about mission, okay? We need to think about mission as not just something yuck, something improbable, something we should do, but we know it won't really work. We need to think about mission as something that is not just possible, it's probable because the harvest is actually plentiful. I, I read some research the other day saying that two out of five Australians are keen to have a spiritual conversation about the big things in life. Let me say it again. Two out of five Australians, when they researched it, and this is good research, are interested and ready to have a spiritual conversation about the big things in life. Okay, that's not four out of five. 
But two out of five, that's 40% if I can do my maths. Yeah, am I right? So I'm getting a nod. Good. 40% of people in your life are ready to hear some conversations about the big parts of life. Invigorate your thinking on mission. All right. And once you're invigorated, you need to do something really important that I think is always the step skipped when it comes to personal mission. The next step is we need to intentionally schedule space in our life. Jesus doesn't say, hey, 72, just off you go. Go back to fishing. Go back to farming. Go back just to whatever you're doing normally. Don't change a thing and and mission will happen. He intentionally takes this like time, this space out. Number two, look at the next one there. Intentionally schedule space. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he says, don't take a purse or bag or sandals and don't greet anyone on the road. Don't get distracted. Carve out time and space. Now, I'm not saying we all need to go tomorrow and quit our jobs and then go sent out into another town. You're not allowed to leave Queensland anyway. But I am saying that we actually, in our day-to-day context in our lives today, in 2021, in the Moreton Bay region, we can schedule time. For you, that might mean going, right, on Thursday nights, I'm going to leave them free in case someone wants to chat to me, in case I can have someone around for dinner. I've been talking to a mate of mine. Um, he's, he's like me. He's not that great at evangelism. He's an introvert. He isn't really good at uh, talking to new people. And he has seen four people in his life come to know Jesus and be baptized recently. Aussies. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? What are you doing? And, I, and I, we've been talking and he's like, Dan, you don't have a mission problem. You have a margin problem. I kept talking about these people in my life and, I'm like, and I just didn't have time to catch up with them. <laughs> didn't have time to take them out for a coffee, go out to dinner. I'm like, just too busy. I'm just way too busy. I'm looking around. I think there's some busy people in the room here today, okay? We're busy. We don't have actually have time for mission. Things won't just happen. You've actually got to carve out time and space to be able to do them. That's what Jesus actually does with the 72. He, he carves out space. I think this is the hardest step. I actually think that intentionally scheduling space is as important, if not more important, than knowing exactly what to say in the right words. More important than actually having it all together, having your life looking so pristine that people go, wow, look at their life. I want to be like them. I think intentionally scheduling your life, maybe stopping a few things so you can actually have some space to be on mission. That's what we need to do. Maybe that's, maybe that's the only thing you need to hear. Maybe you can stop listening now. That's what actually God wants you to do in your life. Number one, get invigorated that missions actually works. The harvest is plentiful. Number two, intentionally schedule space. Number three, once you've done those two, Jesus' process moves on to the next one. You need to identify people of peace. You're ready now. You're excited about mission. You've got the space to actually do it. Now you need to identify who God is sending you to. When you first enter a house, this is really weird actually, isn't it? First say, peace to this house. <laughs> I'd love you to just go and find a house and just walk in and say that. It'd be really, really weird. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. 
Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. It's an interesting rule Jesus puts in. Don't go moving around. I thought the opposite would be true if you're on a mission. Move around a lot and tell lots of people about Jesus. And Jesus says, don't go moving around. Stay. What? This is like counterintuitive advice from like the ultimate mission master, Jesus. Identify people of peace. The NASB uh, translation I was reading this week said that is someone who promotes peace. It translates that as if a man of peace is there, or if a person of peace is there. Jesus says when it comes to ordinary mission, there are times for extraordinary mission, okay? When it comes to ordinary mission for ordinary people like me and you, there aren't going to be that many people ready to hear. In fact, every village will have one, it seems. There'll be one house, there'll be one family, there'll be one group of people that are interested, and that's it. Does anyone else find that really relieving, that actually there's only one? <laughs> it's actually, uh, there's very few people of peace in your life that God has put there that are actually ready to hear about Jesus and actually want to hear it from you. Okay, you're not that popular. <laughs> there's a few people that want to hear it from you, and only very few. Find someone who is your person of peace. See, the passage says that these people are sent out before Jesus to prepare the way. But actually, Jesus is saying, I've actually, I've actually sent my spirit out even before you. So before you even get there, there's a person ready. There's a person at peace with you. There's a person ready from you. There's a person that's going to, it's kind of like your peace will rest on them. Like they'll go, yes, I like you. I want to hear things from you. My mate said it in this way to me, which I just found. It was like catalytic. It just it changed how I thought about mission. He says, a person of peace is this. How do I identify a person of peace in 2021? Think about this. Who, get that next slide up for me, because I, I forget. <laughs> who likes you, who listens to you, and who serves you? Okay. Just an interesting way to think about it. Who's, who's a person of peace in your life? Who's someone in your life that actually likes you? That's a good place to start. Okay. Hey, person that hates me, can I tell you about And who actually listens to you and who serves you? Serving you shows that there is a peace resting on them. You actually, they're, they're, they're ready to hear something from you. If they don't listen, if they just, and it has to be all three, I reckon. If they just like you and serve you, but they don't listen to you, well, that's very hard because you've actually got something to say, not just something to do. So just take a moment right now, okay? Who is a person of peace in your life? Who's someone you can think of that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't go to church usually, might not be a church kind of person, that likes you, listens to you, and actually serves you? Guess what? Mission is already ready. The harvest is plentiful, and it's already in your life. And I reckon every single person here, no matter how popular, how extroverted, how weird you are, <laughs> You've actually got a person of peace in your family, in your friendship group, at work, in your neighborhood already. I promise you, you do, because Jesus promised that you will. Because he says the harvest is plentiful. It's ready. Okay? I've actually got a guy in my life right now. Uh, he, he isn't a church kind of person. And I believe he's a person of peace. And to be honest, I'm, I like things moving and changing all the time. And I keep trying to move on. I'm like, ah, okay, this isn't working, next thing. 
And God, the Spirit of God, keeps drawing me back to this guy. <laughs> now, hey, this guy serves you, listens to you, and likes you. He, he was always invited me around to his house. Say, hey, mate, come and grab a drink with me. Come and have a beer with me. Come and have a coffee with me. To be honest, I feel a bit of a fraud getting this message because often I'm like, I'm too busy. I'm trying to run a church, bro. Um, and this has been really challenging the last few months. Going, I need to make space <laughs> for this dude. He's a, he's, he's a person of peace. The other day I felt, I felt kind of, I don't know how to explain it, like, like prompted by God to, to, to call this guy, to say, hey, mate, can we catch up? And I was actually going through our, our, our church database, and, and he, he, he's come to an event before, so his name came up. I was like, whoa, that's weird. You know, like a name jumps out to you. And I was like, oh, he's on the database. Uh, I'm too busy. That's, and I just ignored it. And I was scrolling through my phone, and his name jumped up on my phone. I think it was Holy Spirit kind of saying, hey, remember what I just said? And I was like, nah, I'm too busy. <laughs> I kept scrolling. And this is, God's got a sense of humor, dead set. I was driving home after finishing work. And as I drove home, there's a dude on the road in my way. And it was him. <laughs> Literally on the road. His son had kicked a ball out and he went out to get it. And I kind of pulled up and was like, wind the window down. I'm like, hey, bro. He's like, oh, it's you. I was just thinking about you today. And I was like, as was I. <laughs> so I just went around his house and we had a bit of a, uh, a beer and just a chat. And it was really cool. He's one or two, maybe three people in your life are people of peace. We need to identify them. Okay, next. I've kind of already talked about this a little bit. You can't don't just identify. You actually need to invest. Stay there. Oh, I love verse 7 in Luke 10. Stay there eating and drinking. Jesus says... The mission of God is about eating and drinking with people who like you. <laughs> Does that sound traumatic to you? <laughs> Does that sound horrible? Okay. For all, the ordinary mission of God is eating and drinking with people who like you. That, doesn't, that sounds pretty good to me. So Jesus said, this is, don't go mucking around. Don't go getting distracted with this. Don't go moving houses. I've got two words up there which I think are so important. You have to be authentic about it. All right, people aren't projects. You can't treat a person like a project. Actually, why do we do mission anyway? It's because of love. Because <laughs> we love people. We believe we've got the cure for not just cure for cancer. We, we we believe we've got the cure for life, for death. Do it in love, authentically. Ask them questions about their life. You know what's a huge thing? Investing in someone, remembering their stories, and asking them about them next time. <laughs> no one does that anymore. You know, like someone, they said, oh, you know, my daughter's got a ballet recital this Saturday. And when you see them next time going, hey, how was the ballet recital? How'd she go? That will shock people. Like, what? What? You're actually investing in me? You actually authentically care about me? And it's got to be predictable. That's why I think Jesus says, don't muck around. Don't go from house to house. Don't flit around doing a hundred things. You've got to be a predictable presence in people's actual lives so that you are there when things go bad. They can depend on you. They know where to find you. They know there's a regular time that you're catching up. It's got to be predictable. Keep going. And as you keep going, friends, as you keep investing authentically in love, you will find something happens. It's like a four-step process to conversation. It'll be casual to begin with. What's casual conversation look like? How's the Broncos going? Terrible as we know. How's the weather? How's those annoying COVID restrictions? Ha ha, how's this going in your life? Oh, what'd you do on the weekend? How's your holiday? And we think somehow we have to go from casual conversation over here 
to like sharing the gospel with them, which is all the way over here. So you're, you're at work. I remember being, I was at work, this is like in, before I became a pastor, I was at work and I was actually driving with a colleague in the car. Like, oh, I'm just going to have to do it, God. I'm just going to have to share the gospel. And I was just like, can I tell you about God and how much um, God loves you? And this colleague was like, oh, oh, sure. And I did. And, and you know what? I think God might have used that too. Like God's very gracious. And, and actually that might have been really what God wanted me to do in that moment. But I tell you, it was a huge jump. Because the relationship really wasn't there yet. I didn't even know this person very well. Uh, and I'd just been to an evangelism course. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I've got to do it. I've got to make the jump. I've got to take the leap. And I think sometimes that is the right thing to do, by the way. But I think most of the time, sending it the 72 style, ordinary mission happens from going casual conversation to getting into a new space where you can do meaningful conversation. Hey, yeah, my wife's not doing too well at her job at the moment. Yeah, I'm really worried about my kids at school. Yeah, I'm really stressed about uni. Like, this is the next meaningful. And then meaningful turns into what I would call spiritual conversation, which doesn't mean have to, have to conclude the word Jesus, but spiritual conversation can be about what's, what really matters in life. What do you think, what, why do you think we're here? What's really important to you? What do you think? Why do you think you're on earth for? And then once you're in this space, you'll find it incredibly easy, strangely easy to go to the next space, which is we actually need to invite people to discover Jesus. That's step number five. So many relationships and people of peace get to number four, and you, this, is the, this is where the boldness comes in. You're too scared to go to number five. Jesus actually says, let's go back to the text. He says in verse 8, Tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Not just show them. Okay. This is where there some people here getting very uncomfortable. <laughs> actually tell them. You can be as nice as you want to someone. And not, someone's not going to one day go, you know what, you know how you're really nice to me and you invest in me? I think that we were created for a purpose and we're, re- and we're not reconciled from God and Jesus came to rescue us and save us from our sins. <laughs> That's not going to happen. No one's going to make that jump. They actually need to hear the good news. They need to hear the fact that the kingdom of God has come near to them. You need to invite them to discover Jesus for themselves. How do you invite them? I've got a few ideas. You can come up with your own ideas. Here's some that I kind of thought of that I've used in the past that I've seen people use really successfully for inviting people. Invite them to read a book with you. Find a book that actually shares about faith or about Jesus or about the gospel. Say, hey, I'm reading a book at the moment. I'm going to start reading this book. Can I buy you a copy and we can read it together? And if they're a person of peace, they actually want to be with you. They want to do things with you. They actually want to read that with you. You can invite them to read the Bible with you. Hey, I'm looking for someone to read the Bible with. I'm not sure if you'd be interested. It sounds really strange, but I'm actually doing it with someone right now. I've been looking for someone to read the Bible with. He likes me, listens to me, serves me. Would you be interested? And he, you know what he said? Ah, uh, okay. Never read the Bible before. <laughs> Invite them to come along to church with you. Come to Life Center. Hey, you know what? You know how I always talk about church on Sundays? Why don't you come along one time? And just meet my family. Come and find out about what this is all about. You can invite them to come to an event or like an evangelistic course or something. But they're, they're, there's a person of peace in my life. He's a bloke and he, uh, I've been talking to him for a while. And, uh, and uh, about eight months ago, my church was running an alpha course. So that could be something you invite him along to. And I was just like, hey, man, this might sound weird, but do you want to do an alpha course with me? And he paused for a second. I had that awful feeling. And what I wanted to say is, 
don't worry about it. I'm sorry, it's a bad idea. And I, but what I, I paused and I just sat in that awkwardness for a moment and he said, can I bring my wife? And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> and he came along to Alpha with his wife and they had an awesome experience. They didn't give their life to Jesus. Other people on the course did. They didn't, but they've been coming regularly to our church uh, for a, about nine months, about, about seven months now. Invite. You can invite them to place their trust in Jesus for forgiveness right there and then. You can actually invite someone to do that. Did you know that? <laughs> if, if you feel the Spirit's prompting you and you feel there's, that's, that's where the relationship's going, that's where the questions are going, you can actually do it. You don't have to wait for a pastor to do it. You don't have to wait for an evangelist to do it. Okay. Five steps. Can we get our five steps back up? I'm out of time. Do you like how I made them all start with I? Just so help to remember them? That takes a lot of thesaurus on the internet, I can tell you. <laughs> Mission for ordinary people. I just want you to finish up by taking a moment with God. What, which step are you up to? What is God calling you? This is for everyone. This is for you young people and you older people. This is for everyone in between. What step is God calling you to do tomorrow or even this afternoon or even right now? Get your phone out and text someone while I'm not looking at you. <laughs> what is God calling you to to do because guys this is really important stuff we're talking about people's eternity but it's not as scary as you think and you are actually built for it and if you actually aren't doing this this is the real challenge okay i get to challenge you and then leave and i don't have to see you again so it's great you guys can think oh yeah that guy was a bit harsh but i want to challenge you if you aren't doing this you're a constipated christian because you You've been given something beautiful, but you're not letting it flow through. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't tell Kyle I said that. But like, you've been given something wonderful, and it's blocked. You're actually blocking your. You're actually blocking God's love. Okay. You're blocking. You're blocking what God wants to do in your life. All right. So just have a think for a second. I've lost it now, haven't I? No one's listening to me now. I better wrap up. God wants to use you. This is the most exciting part. There's nothing more exciting than being used by God in His slow, beautiful, wonderful way. Sometimes this whole process happens in, in, in six hours. And sometimes it happens in six months. And that's okay. But God has gone before you and there are people of peace in your life. And let's get involved personally in the mission of God. Amen. Let me pray for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.